Welcome to From the Spot, the only footy podcast willing to bring a bat and a glove to the game. I'm David. That is my co-host. I'm Lenny. And if you're just as confused as Eddie on why we would bring a bat and a glove to a footy game, it's because the motherfucking Padres eliminated the Dodgers from World Series contention, and I just wanted to rub it into Eddie's face just one more time as we won 8-5 today at time of recording against Philly. Is it win-win? Is it is it is it win win? Like mm-hmm. okay. One, one. I'm a massive Dodgers fan. Like I've been a Dodgers fan pretty much since I came out of my mom. Um, and David's a massive Padres fan. So I'll put it on likes, David. Congratulations, you guys played better than I most. Um, I I hope I didn't talk too much shit. I don't feel like I did. I I've been extremely upset. Like I've had people call. To make fun of me, and I'm just like, suck a dick and die. <laughs> I just had to do it because usually the Padres have sorry ass seasons, and this is the one season I can be proud of. Yeah. So, gotta do it. So, but, congratulations. Uh, honestly, I hope you guys lose. Like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm, 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 gonna be, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, fair enough, if you beat us. But I'm not going to do that for a bit, so I hope you guys agree. Tell me the fingers, like, <laughs> you know, so. I, I can feel that, I can understand that. But, um, Eddie, why don't we just jump at the topic at hand, though. Let's talk about the footy. Let's start at my favorite league in the world, the Premier League. Uh, back at it again uh, with match day 11 and 12 coming at us fast and 13 Coming up in just a few days here, Eddie. So uh, easy to say all the fixtures are starting to pile up. Um, but crazy, we were just talking pre-show. We're not even a third of the way there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the Premier League did that thing where, like, they threw games midweek this, this week. And it's like, dude, I'm still trying to digest Liverpool's, like, one way over City, Arsenal's one way over Leeds, like, like, she didn't six too much sometimes, but hey, like, that's why we're here, because we love it. But, David, um, what do you think so far? What, what did Liverpool do to stop the robot that is, um, Erling about Harlan? Did they, did they show him a capture and he wasn't able to figure it out, or, or, or what? I think uh, it was a lot of great uh, goalkeeping from Allison, uh, yeah, Allison, uh, and his defense and, and his credit. <laughs> A lot of really good goalkeeping. Um, a lot of luck too. You know, there were some shots that should have gone in. Erling Holland had a really great shot on the strong foot that Allison just got a hand to. Um, and the the mistake, that major mistake by uh, was it Cancelo? Uh, Cancelo, yeah. Yeah, Cancelo let that ball bounce right underneath him, let Salah through. And I don't care how bad a form or questionable form Salah is, you give him that one run one-on-one with the keeper, and nine times out of ten, he's going to put it into the back of the net. Uh, 
but there was a lot of wasted chances as well, Eddie, by Darwin Nunez, who you know Ooh. has had some ups, has had some downs. Definitely a mixed start to his Liverpool career. But uh, Eddie, are you at least encouraged by what you're seeing? I mean, to break away the way he did a couple times, even though he did make the wrong decision, you know, that's. Still pretty fun to watch, don't you think? Yeah, no, uh, definitely, especially because Manchester City are Manchester City, and they're usually pretty solid defensively, you know, so to be able to come at them, like, fair enough, he comes on, so maybe a bit of tired legs, but, you know, um, I can only give him a pass because the lead was already established, especially once he didn't pass. The second time, like, had it been no nil and it ended no nil, like, everyone's turning into him for not passing, you know, but, but you just got your win by win, so, um, David, how much did the midweek performance, uh, the midweek hat trick help Salah maybe put this chance away on, on the weekend? Uh, what's the chances that he'll repeat that or that he'll actually be able to put it away? How how much did the hat-trick help him score this one against City? Because he he, he had honestly, he had been poor. Uh, I think to to a certain extent, it does kind of help. It raises the confidence up. It makes him feel good. Um... But I do think City is his own monster, and most elite players understand that. So I, I want to say on a personal level, it boosted his confidence, and then uh, overall, they, they still had a lot of luck to win. Yep. So, David, and then we, like, we come over to Arsenal, who really, um, really, really squeak one by leads, but hey, like, Especially when you're the leader, you just have to find a way. Again, very early days still, but just finding a way to win this one, do you think it gives Arsenal a bit more confidence now that they're four points up instead of just one? I think they absolutely get more confidence. And I think most importantly, it's a bigger boost to Bukayo Saka, who scored the goal. Uh, It's not that he's been playing terrible, but I think it helps confirm to to not just him on a personal level, but even the whole team, to Arsenal uh, overall, to the fans, that um, you know he could really be the real deal for them. He can be their next great winger, um, score goals when they matter, and uh, make important decisions. You know, like I would trust Saka over Darwin Nunez right now, for example. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be an important win. Uh, even if something happens later on where, say, they don't win the league, I think it's going to be a, an important win overall regardless because, like I said, it, it'll it'll give them that confidence boost that they need at this point to continue doing what they're doing. Um, Eddie, speaking of confident boosts, Manchester United, you know, not so impressive against Newcastle. Pretty boring, no-no draw at home. But then they hosted Tottenham today, beating them 2-0. Um, do you think that that's the confidence boost that Eric Ten Hag and the squad needed, or do you think that we should reserve our opinions until after the big game against Chelsea uh, coming up on Saturday? No, look, look uh, everyone knows I've 
I tip Tottenham for big things uh, this season, specifically. So I, I think beating Tottenham and uh, beating Tottenham specifically, like, puts everyone on notice because they're still a top three side. You know, if you guys are able to beat Chelsea this weekend, um, that's a really positive sign of things to come. But as of right now, today is Wednesday, October 19th, I honestly think the only thing United are missing are consistency because you look good against Tottenham, you look good against, uh, who, who did you guys beat, like, right after Brentford? Was it uh, Liverpool? Yeah, you guys look good against Liverpool, but then... Like, you guys get slapped up by City, which fine. Most teams get slapped up by City, but then, you know, there was also the Brentford game. So, if you guys could go two, three, four, five weeks and get maybe like 12, 13 points out of 15, I think that would be the sign of like this 10 hard thing is working and. I'm still one of those people that like believes that Ted Hawk is the right man for this job. There will be growing pains along the way, though. But I see that Ted and Bruno scored. Um, with me, the goal scorer shocked you most, David. Uh, I think the goal that mattered most uh, was actually Bruno's. Uh, with that goal, he scored more goals for Manchester United than players, for example, like Juan Mata, even uh, Roy Keane. Uh, he's continuing to write his name in the history books, which, you know, it's always a win. Um, Fred can randomly pop up with a goal, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go on a great run. It's usually just like a random goal. But Bruno is, or at least has been, the definition of consistency at Manchester United. So now that he scored a goal, you would hope it would open the floodgates for him, kind of get his swagger back. Um, so I definitely think it matters more to him, um, especially against Tottenham. Uh, excuse me. But real quick, Eddie, Manchester United, the only team to be uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, saying you still think Eric Ten Hag is the right man for the job. But do you think um, taking these scalps should put the average or maybe even the casual fan at ease? Because I, I, me as a United fan, I, I also agree Eric Ten Hag's the right guy. He's getting some of the results that we need to see. Consistency more down to the players, getting it down, get, getting the rhythm down. But um, do you think that with this fun fact out there, with a, a convincing win against a Conte side, um, and the upturn in form, Casemiro had a, an amazing performance today. Um, do you think that it's time for the casual and the not-so-dedicated United fans to start accepting, like, something's working? Oh, no, de- definitely, absolutely. Okay, so, like, let's say there was a casual United fan that, like, Maybe towards the beginning of, of like, when Ali started to take dips. Because, you know, like, the United under Ole would find valleys and then find peaks and then find valleys again. So let's just say a casual United fan, like, 
playoff that we were like trying in that first round, that first deep performer, maybe it just hasn't been back. You know, because why would you, like, you know, like, obviously, you know, are still going to take some losses, but this is a watchable team. It's, it's a team that was playing with pride now, which it wasn't necessarily doing that before, and they're starting to figure it out. Anthony's good. Um, Marcial is finding some form. Um, um, the, the Danish dude, Christian, oh my god, what's his name? Christian Eriksson is, like, playing really well at times. You said, because he had a good performance today, which, like, if, if you can find your form and you need, like, help out that midfield, like, stop people from attacking you guys, it'll really, really be good, um, so, I think United are, are on the way up. Just like now, I believe that Chelsea are on the way up. Okay, Grand Potter, which um, they were on the way up with Tuchel. So, I think if you're a casual United fan, you need to tune in. I mean, what better game than United versus Chelsea on Saturday to, to hop back on? Regardless of the result, even if Chelsea win, like you know, they're probably putting a good performance. Yeah, definitely. And Eddie, let's talk a, a, just for a second here about a, a team that I wasn't really expecting to bring up as much uh, this season. Um, I'm hoping it's as much of a surprise to you as it is to me, even though some might argue it was to be expected. But Newcastle, they're hanging in there they're currently in sixth place having played a, a game more than seven and eight um even if liverpool and brighton win their game in hand the worst position for newcastle would be seventh um do you think what's going on at newcastle is something to definitely keep an eye on if you're a top five top six Premier League club, or do you think that project is not really something to take serious for another few seasons? Well, um, right now we're in the 22-23 season, right? Mm-hmm. By 25-26, they will be a Champions League club, like a regular. So, if, if, if I'm a top five, top six side, I'm shaking my boots. The only way this Newcastle thing falls off the map is if, let's say you could have a bad World Cup, the FA says, Gary, thank you for everything. You know, we haven't been to a semi in, in a while. We haven't been to a final in a while, but we're going to go ahead and play anyhow. Like, the only way this falls apart is if anyhow gets tapped up. For England, uh, because even, like, say, who, who's a, like, I, I really don't think that Newcastle would be doing this good if the manager were, like, Jose or Rafa or maybe even Potch, you know? So I think this really comes down to Eddie Howe showing his guys that he has confidence in them, 
implementing system that he knows they could play. And just honestly, even even though like Newcastle are the richest club in the world, it's down to the owners also saying like, hey, we're gonna get you where you wanna be, where we wanna be too. But it's gonna take us a little bit, so Arsenal, enjoy it. Tottenham, enjoy it. Chelsea, enjoy it because it's you three. And maybe even Liverpool a little bit that I should really be worried because Newcastle are coming, maybe not fast, but they're coming. Definitely. And Eddie, let's um, move over to a different team that's kind of made an impression on me. who probably shouldn't, based on historical rivalry, but credit to the man, Jesse Marsh. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Leeds United, which some fans might be kind of staring at their phones or computer, whatever they're listening at us, saying, Dave, why the hell would you want to talk about Leeds United? Uh, let me tell you why, Eddie, and you know all the listeners uh, listening here around the world. Uh, which we do have listeners around the world, for the record. That's not made up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Eddie, so the max amount of games played um, as of today, time of recording, is 11 games, right? Um, 10 is 10, 11 games. You know, Leeds United have played nine. They are sitting 16th on nine points. But let's hypothetically say, Eddie, Leeds get to play those two games that they technically have on hand while nobody else plays a game. That's six points. That puts them on 15 points. That puts them up as high as eighth place, Eddie. So I'm not exactly saying expect a couple wins, you know, leads, and you're going to be as high as eighth. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say, Eddie, is um, the competition in the lower half of the table hasn't exactly been competition. Um, even Leicester City, who's in last place with five points, still have a very realistic chance of getting out of the relegation zone and surviving comfortably. But what I am saying, Eddie, is with that in mind, Leeds United isn't playing terrible. Um, if they even manage to just get one win and then a loss to make it 11 games played, that's 12 points. Um, West Ham have played 11, 11 games, and that would put them above West Ham and making them officially 13. Do you think, Eddie, it's about time we start taking Leeds United serious as a Premier League club, or am I overestimating them and they should still be considered uh, relegation challengers? No, I, I think they're solid, like, 9 to, like, 12 club, as far as the table goes. And just, okay, so you you threw a, a lot of numbers at all the listeners right there about how many games they've had and how many points they have. No disrespect, but imagine how good that club would be if they had a better forward than, than Patrick Bamford. I have to agree. I think Bamford is one of the more overrated English strikers in recent history. Um, he, 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 he's like he's like a less slightly less shit version of Andy Carroll. He's like Andy Carroll who can stay healthy. Somewhat. I mean, he's like a skinnier Andy Carroll, if anything. But Eddie, let me let me 
let me play this um, hypothetical with you. Okay. Um, Alexander Isak, the striker signed by Newcastle, scored on his debut. I mean, granted, he, he got injured um, recouping. But let's say Isak signs for Leeds United. Would that revolutionize the team? Because that would, I mean, if Newcastle can sign them, realistically, we can say Leeds United would stand a chance that they can afford the, the wages. But do you think that enough caliber of player is enough to revolutionize Leeds United? Um, well, before I, I answer that question, let me say this. This team could have easily have fallen apart when Marcelo Bielsa left, when they lost their two best players, um, Aiden to City, right? Calvin Phillips in the City. And Calvin Phillips to City, and then who, who else did they lose? Rafinha went to, to Barcelona. Barca. So the, those, are, those were two key guys for them, and three, if you throw in Marcelo Bielsa. So... Uh, mm-hmm. The core of this team could have fallen apart, but they stayed open-minded. They gave Jesse much a chance. They said, we're going to give this guy a chance, and he's taken them probably above to even where he expected at this point. So imagine if, if like, let's say they get someone in, in January, and then maybe get, like, another midfielder. Like, I... I like, let's just say this. If Leeds go down within the next three seasons, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And you know what, Eddie? Let's end Premier League talk there. Wait. wait, wait I'm going to do... I'm, yeah. I'm looking for... Um, before we do that, I'm, I'm looking for... Oh, here it is. Okay. Let, let me give credit... To win my team before we move away from the prem. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Because I, okay. I, I think what I'm going to jump into is, is really going to get your attention. But go ahead, Eddie. Okay, so, David, I want to talk about um, Fulham. Um, okay. They're sitting comfortably in 12th. They, they have a game in hand. And really, I'm, I think all of us maybe had them tipped. I know I did. I know I took the right issue. I'm, I'm, I, I had him tip to go down. Again, it's still super early. Um, you never know. So they still could, but, but they did decent. <laughs> we can reach his back. Um, can I get your thoughts on form really quickly? And I want to throw some stats at you, some stats at you as well. Uh, my thoughts on form... Um... I think they will be victims of their own success regardless. Um, there's no real clear plan at Fulham, in my opinion. Uh, they kind of yo-yo because of that. The last time they were in the Premier League, they signed a ton of players, whether permanent or unknown. Um, with some of them looking somewhat promising, but because of all the uncertainty, nobody was really there to win. I think if Fulham stick to a specific philosophy, whatever it may be, and quit just fucking with it because they had some relative success, they'll be able to 
remain in the Premier League like they used to. I mean, I remember even Brian McBride scoring for Fulham. So, you know, they can definitely hang. It's not that they can't. They just need clear direction. The Khan family don't really know what direction they want to take Fulham into, let alone what kind of direction they want to take in their personal lives. So, hey, hey David, are you saying Tony Khan is a bad booker? I am confirming I'm putting it on wax. That Tony Khan is a terrible player. At the weekend, okay? 100% annual duels won. Most passes in the final third with 17. And he got triple pass zero times. <clears throat> Do you know who I'm talking about? I. I don't off the top of my head, but if I'm going to have to guess, guess I'm going to guess, guess it's your boy, Tim Ring. Yes. Okay. All right. So, look, apparently at the weekend, the starting center backs that are going to the World Cup for the U.S. looked very pedestrian. Both of them did in, in the MLS playoff games. And he's Tim Ring at Fulham. Who can't, who can't be, he's not even under consideration. I'm just like, I'm just like, <laughs> if the Cybats don't look decent right now, like one of them's already eliminated, I think it's Aaron Long. So he's going to get a few months off before Qatar, but I'm just like, Timmy is right there. <laughs> and David, I, I, I do want to ask you. Do you think that it's held against him that he was part of that team that lost 2-0 to Costa Rica in 2017 and that lost kind of set us up to fail to get to Russia? I mean, it, it might be. Uh, I don't know how, as a part of the management team for the USMNT, I don't know how you're going to justify it to yourself unless you're going to bring that up as a reason, right? But it's, it, I don't think it's fair either. Um, it doesn't fall on just on Tim Ream as one of the center backs on the field. Um, I think he's proven a point that, yes, he may be older, yes, may not have the pace that he used to as a younger defender, but you don't need pace as a defender per se. Uh, if you can read the game well, you'll play well. Tim Ream is prime example of it. Oh. And then look, I'm 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 not even saying that Tim Ream has to be part of the starting eleven. I'm just saying it would be nice to have someone with his experience on the bench. You know, I think it's a robbery to uh, and. Probably, like, a lot of the hardcore fans will say, no, David, you're full of shit. But I think it is a it is a robbery to USMNT fans that Tim Ream won't be in the squad. Um, you say as a role player off the bench, I say, Eddie, he should be a starter. Um, he, If you can handle the Premier League and hold your own and look solid, even if you're not looking great, but if you look solid in such a competitive league like the Premier League, you definitely deserve some kind of call-up mm-hmm. and some kind of playtime. That's at least in my opinion. Um, 
it, it's a robbery. Uh, if I were Tim Ream, I'd be pissed. They're 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 making them look bad for no reason. Right. Yeah, and uh, Eddie, not that I don't like talking about Tim Ream, but it just rubs me the wrong way to talk about him in such a negative light. Um, so let me rub you in a different way about talking about somebody in a negative light before we move on uh, to the other actually chat segment. <laughs> but uh, Eddie, uh, Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, he mm-hmm. came up and leads talk, which I'm a huge Bielsa fan, um, regardless of the fact that he's coached, you know, leads. But uh, I've noticed a lot of talk online on social media, no matter what platform, kind of questioning who Bielsa is, why he's such a big deal. Why coaches such as Pep Guardiola credit him for what he's done to the game? All because he hasn't necessarily coached a giant, quote-unquote, European team. Um, Things like that. Eddie, again, I'm a major Bielsa fan for lots of different reasons. As a footy fan and as just a fan in general. Well, Eddie, give me your take on this because I don't know if it's us getting old or what, or just a blatant disrespect for Marcelo. But what's your take on this? Okay, Marcelo Yelsa was by all accounts in his playing days an average defender, right? But sometimes average players make the best coaches, and the man is so obsessed with football that he has binders on tactics, on teams, on his teams, on the way he wants to play. His attention to detail is just insane. Like, say whatever you want, he hasn't coached a big team work. He's coached Los Angeles and Racing, and I think Lever, and those are three of the biggest clubs in Argentina. And you can scoff at that all you want, but... Look... <clears throat> Uh, Pep Rosen, uh, Uma Rosen, and those are some of the best coaches out there today. So, if someone who's better at football than you is telling you that this man's a, a genius, go ahead and trust them. Like, if they're telling you, like, hey, this guy's legit, it, it doesn't matter what you think. The people out there doing it week in and week out are like, hey, this guy... This guy right here is genius. Honestly, not, not to bring baseball back into it, especially for me because it's a sore spot right now, but it, it, it's honestly like those people that are like, Derek Jeter was a bad defender. He, he doesn't really have a, a good role. Or like, or like, it's like people who like, Refuse to acknowledge LeBron's greatness or refuse to acknowledge Michael Jordan's greatness just because they don't even like to see it. It's like, trust me, I'm like, telling you, like, homie's legit. And that's much of the answer. Like, if much of the answer still wanted to coach, like, they're like, maybe like a dozen clubs that I could rattle off the top of my head that would benefit from him being their coach. Go, I mean, he, he, 
he, he had that whole thing out Marseille? Was it Marseille or was it Lyon? I think it was Marseille where he like quit. The <clears throat> that's me like being over there, like. Well actually that's what I um kinda wanted to talk about with you. Um you know, he <laughs> so he has a two questionable marks on his resume. One of them, I kind of feel obligated to defend them. So I'm going to leave, although it happened first, I'm going to leave that one for second. Just because I feel obligated to, to, to defend them on that. But So let's let's start at number two, Eddie, with Leo. Um, so he did have an issue at Leo. Marseille, he, he ended up staying at least a season there. Um, but in... Let, let, let's talk Leo. Uh, so, May 2017, he was revealed as manager, right? And right away, even before the season started, he told 11 of his experienced players that they can just leave the club. Basically, <laughs> you don't have a place here. We're going to make it more useful. But uh, one of the players uh, revealed, er- Eric Batil. So, if you're listening to this, just know you're a mole. But uh, he revealed that Bielsa told the players that he wanted to leave, that he didn't really want to be there before the preseason even started. And uh, he ended up signing, you know, younger players that were more promising, like Nicolas Pepe, who did, honestly, did come good for Leo. Uh, Thiago Maia, you know, Luis Araujo, etc. By November, Eddie, he was um, suspended pending further announcement. Uh, so this is 13 games in. Um, Leo ended up appointing a four-man coaching unit um, instead of letting him come back. And by December, he had his contract terminated. Um, one of the sporting advisors there at Leo, the sporting advisor, Luis Campos, said that um, he felt that the decision of Bielsa uh, allowing as many experienced players to leave was one of the key reasons for his departure. That's like a weird dark spot on his resume, right? But, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, that's bad. You don't want a level of experienced players to leave. But, David, correct me if I'm wrong, two seasons ago, I believe, Leo won the league on, correct? Let's see when, because I know Leo won. So it would be interesting to see how many of the players that came in under Bielsa were a part of that champion, that league winning, uh, that league winning Leo team, if any at all. That happened in 2021? No, 18-19. So it would have been the following season. Okay, so so let's just see how many of the players that Gersa Berlin led or were at least a part of. Oh, no, 18-19, they were runner-ups. They won in 2021. Okay, okay, okay. But before 
1819, like, do you remember the last time you were, were runners up? Because it, historically, France had always been their own and Marseille. And then PSG got their money, and then it was Monaco would come up for a little bit. Monaco won the league. Then they went back down the league table. So look, obviously it's not great. But the man had his reasons. The man subjects of that, that what he does doesn't necessarily make sense to the rest of us. What's the other point you wanted to defend him on? Okay, so the one that I'm going to defend him on is Lazio, <laughs> which happened uh, about a year prior to Leo. So 5 of July, Eddie, 2016, uh, he was appointed the manager of Lazio, right? Mm-hmm. Two days later, after the official announcement, because he signed the 5th, announced the 6th, 8th of July, Bielsa quits as club's manager. Uh, Lazio does sue him for breach of contract for about 50 million euros. I don't know what ended up being of that. But um, asked, you know, what what happened here, Marcelo? Uh, Marcelo says, he, he well explains, you know, that the club either were unable or just didn't recruit the players that he wanted by the deadline that he was very clear and had given to the club about. So he felt his knees just wouldn't be supported. So walked away. I'm going to defend him on that, Eddie. If I'm not supported in what I'm doing, if I feel I'm just going to be thrown under the bus, I don't want to be fodder. I don't want to be fed to the wood chipper for the fans to just, you know, burn me. Um, Especially Lazio fans. <laughs> That's a passionate bunch. And obviously management's not going to say, oh, you know, we didn't recruit the players he wanted. What they're going to say is we recruited quality players and defend themselves, you know? Yeah, and, and, and he refused to make it work. Yeah, and, uh, yep. okay, I'm, I, I know they're vastly different sports, right? But David, you know who Bill Belichick is, right? Like, legendary coach of the New England Patriots. So, mm-hmm. before he went to the Patriots, he had been a defensive coordinator for other teams. And then the, the Jets brought him in um, to be their head coach. And he signed his contract. A day later, he, like, wrote his resignation on a napkin. So, uh, for similar reasons, like, he's never stated it publicly, but the Jets historically have been asked. And so he was like, I come from winning programs, I'm, I'm not going to be here. So, okay, Belichick did it, became a legend on his own. Uh, Bielsen was already a legend, and he said, I don't want to be a part of this shit, so I'm, I'm going to defend him too. Um... He has his reasons. Of course, Leo fans and Lazio fans won't like that, but he took, he took leads from the championship to the Premier League after 20-something years. Pepper specs them. Unai does a, like, get a little What more do you want, you know? Definitely, definitely. And Eddie, so that we don't run out of time on the actually planned topics, we'll go ahead and move on from here. 
let's talk Champions League. Uh, one of the best competitions of all time. You know, it happened last week. You know, you mentioned Liverpool with your breakdown. You know, started getting the hat trick against Rangers. Because your beloved team. They smacked them. Your beloved team, 3-3 against Intor, uh, Barcelona, if, you, if you're a first-time listener, you know, drawing 3-3 with Inter, definitely a great win, although Bayern did win 4-2 against Victoria. Uh, let's focus a little bit here already on, on the team that had to take an L this, um, more recently, but they're giving their sims, themselves some kind of Champions League hope. Um, Tottenham winning 3-2 against Frankfurt, which is pretty impressive. Frankfurt's a pretty good team. Um, I put them at the top of the table, seven points, Marseille and Sporting both on six. Uh, do you think Conte is going to take them on to the next round, or that's just a weird hope uh, prior to their Europa League debut? No, um, look, um, Frankfurt are good. They're the reigning Defending Europa League champions, uh, Marseille. I can't really comment on too much. So I'll say Tottenham go through to the round of sixteen. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm, I don't know whether it's going to be the Carabao, the FA, or the Champions League. But Tottenham are getting something out of this season. Um, I I trust Conte to do that. Fair. Um, so, do you think um, Club Bruges, excuse me, they're going to be able to do something the next round? Or do you think their um, continued success topping uh, Group B on 10 points is just off for show? Um, would they not be fake? We get like second place in Group A? Uh, no, no, sure. no, 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 it, it doesn't work that way, does it? it I'm thinking of the World Cup. Okay, um, they can really be that, um, honestly, they're playing so good right now, David. They could be a 2017 um, AX, they could be 2004 Porto, like, the, like they're playing so good right now in the Champions League, um, you just don't know. Like it, it, it could really be, like even even if they don't win it, um, it could be one of those like runs that we remember, like Liverpool in '05, AX in 2017. Um, it it could be really special for them. It could be really special for Napoli also. Uh, and speaking of giving credit where it's due, let, let's talk about a team that deserves definitely deserves some credit over the scalp that they took. Maccabi Haifa winning 2-0 against Juventus. Uh, an insane, insane thought that that can happen. Um, do you think Maccabi deserves the credit or is Juventus just that bad? Uh, both, both. You uh, may, um, um, I don't know what's going on over there, but David, can, can I, like, tell you why this is, like, one of my top three favorite 
Champions League results of all time, and I mean all time. No matter, no matter if Barca play Real Madrid and win four in a row, like, Maccabi Haifa versus Juve will be top three all time for me. Here's why. Do you remember, like, two seasons ago when they were like, oh, we need a Super League because we're, like, a big team? Well, these little teams don't deserve to be here with this. Don't they? What is Maccabi Haifa who plays in Israel? Just look at us, like... <laughs> Like, it was um, Austin 316. Hey, there you uh, go. Like, honestly, what is the, like, as soon as I saw that score, like, I was like, fuck yeah, because, look, this is why the Champions League is great. This is why Copa Gertrudez is great. Because, on paper, Maccabi Haifa doesn't um, anywhere near Juve, but they earned it. They went in, they played well, and then you were just, my God, what's going on over there? Yeah, man. Eddie, uh, what is your match day five game of the week? What game are you telling people, hey, when this comes up next week, you cannot miss this tie? Okay, um, uh, g- give me one set, just because I, I, I don't want to be a homer. Um, that much, like, obviously, like, obviously, like, Barca-Bayern is a huge match for me, but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a huge match for everybody else. Give me one sec. <clears throat> what about, um, ooh, David, <laughs> could, could Benfica? Not Juve completely out of Europe. That would be amazing. That's a, a picture that I was eyeballing. And then, uh, I mean, okay, David, question. Do uh, do Atleti even have a chance to save themselves by getting into Europa? Because they're doing well. Only they're third. So, but it's tight. So, if, if look, like, let's say Bruges beat Porto, right? To keep them on six points. But then let's say Leverkusen beat Atleti. That would put Leverkusen into second. And then um, Atleti really can't afford to drop any more points in the competition. So maybe, maybe watch Atleti versus Leverkusen just because that could mean a lot right there. That's actually my game. That's my game to watch. Atletico and, and Leverkusen. Whoever wins, they're in prime position to stay in Europe. Whoever loses, they can pretty much say goodbye to Europe. So it's definitely a must-win for both sides. It'll be an entertaining one, in my opinion. They're both pretty pretty fun teams to watch, regardless. Okay, all right, hold on. All right, then, then I will say on Tuesday, watch UV versus Benfica because... Like, okay, let's just say Maccabi Haifa did it one more time and they draw with PSG. And then Benfica beat Juve? That would put Juve dead last in this group. With with one match day to go. That would be incredible, dude. That would make my season at least. But, um, Eddie, let's... David, real quick, before we move along, right... 
How is Max Rosemary still in charge in interim? Just how? I think he's trusted by the board. Um, and other than that, that's about it. He hasn't really done much to change Juve. There's, there's a, a belief that he's more of a second half of the season kind of manager, that that's where it all clicks. But, um, just, just real quick, uh, a couple more Champions League questions and then we'll move on. I promise. Um, I'm a big John Square fan of Juan Cuadrado. Would you just like to see him move on? Like, he's done enough at Juve. He deserves more recognition. In my eyes, ever since I saw him in 2014, he's been a baller. But just because Juve have been so up and down during his career there, I don't think he gets enough love. No, he doesn't. And honestly, as a player that is dependent on pace but has become a little bit more uh, yeah. injury-prone, Plus, at 34, you know, he can only offer so much. I think it's time for him to either look at a lower half city at A club, maybe look at the French League. Or, like, or, like, um, like sporting? Yeah, something like sporting, maybe Benfica, <laughs> unless he's ready to go to the MLS, which I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. He has legs. Yeah. Um, but he's just not what uh, Juventus need at the moment. No, definitely not. And then David B, okay, I'm, uh, like, even though I know Barca are going to lose, like, probably still believes we could do it. So let me be me, but you be realistic. Tell me what's going to happen. Mm, for Barcelona, I don't think it's going to go well, Eddie. I do I am believing it's time to accept the, the Europa League. Um, Bayern are not going to go easy, I think it's fair to say. Right. Inter played so strong against Barcelona that it's really hard to imagine a, an upset from uh, Victoria. I think the only upset we can expect from Victoria is if Inter only went 1-0. Um, other than that, I, 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 you, you got to start tuning into the Europa League, man, because hey, that's where Barcelona is going. Hey, David, what would we do if Barca and United meet in like a in like a Europa semifinal? I'd be fucking pissed because then I'd get flashbacks to the Champions League final where mm-hmm. Messi made that header. <laughs> oh, you 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 mean when when? When Laporta became a gigante? Yeah, I, I, that's still scarred in my my head. At the, at, I believe it was at uh, in Rome. Yeah, that, 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 that was the final in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, it's scarred in my head, and not even for a good reason. But with that, Eddie, let me scar something in your head. Let's talk El Clasico. Uh, let's talk the first El Clasico. Um, I believe was uh how long ago? Not this past match week, because um the match the new match week started today, but the the one prior, you know, Real Madrid. You know, they I wouldn't say they were <clears throat> perfect, but they definitely put in a, a great shift against Barcelona. They won three one. 
your expected Karim Benzema scoring, Kiko Valverde just proving that he's world-class and Rodrigo with a penalty at the end. Ferran Torres, your favorite player, you know, scoring a consolation goal. But, uh, <laughs> but um, Eddie, as a resident Barcelona fan, why don't you give us your take? Uh, before I do that, uh, can I get your opinion on Rodrigo? Have you seen the tweet that Tony Cruz put out? He's a uh, top three midfielders in the world right now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, on the... that's absolutely. Like, you can't deny that, Eddie. That's that's a fact. I'm not gonna sit here and try to disprove it. It's so, he's top three. So the Bruyne, Valverde, and then uh, who else? I would still say Tony Cruz. Oh, by the way, okay, here are my thoughts. <clears throat> Barcelona played decent at times, but Real Madrid just knows when they need to be great. And that's, that's the step that Barca are missing. Like, when Barca put it together, they look like they could maybe hang with Real Madrid for like a 20-24 minute period. But then... Barca takes a step down, and Real Madrid are just like, boom. By the way, I'll never forget it, just because I was paying so much attention. Busquets pulls Tony Cruz's shoulder down, like he pulls him down from behind, trying to get the girl, trying to stop it. Tony is still so strong and so good, he still puts the pass for Vinny, and like Vinny shoots, just digging blocks it, Kareem Benzema with the rebound, but and like Busquets like looks at the ref like that was a yellow. He's like I played advantage. Like that's how good Tony Cruz was. He was falling down and he still got the pass off. Like him and Modric are just so unfair. And then you have a leg day. You have a couple of guys just waiting for his moment. Um, so look, um, Barca didn't play bad. They didn't play like they did versus Inter. Versus Inter, they were just bad both times. Like, they gave me hope. But, especially, right, like the previous 10 minutes before Valverde's goal, like, um, Barca were dominant. Like, they had possession, they were creating one or two chances, and then just counter. Like, th- that team is just so good. Like, <clears throat> honestly, sometimes I feel like the only team that could beat Real Madrid are Real Madrid. Like, if they choose to have a bad game, like, that's the only way you're going to beat Madrid. Yeah, and that's what all of Europe has to hope for. Um, Eddie, as we're running out of time here, let, let's talk about the Ballon d'Or. Uh, still with Real Madrid, obviously. Karim Benzema is the winner of the Ballon d'Or. And I'm glad you said that, that you said, you know, uh, basically Real Madrid are their own but, um, worst enemy. I think a lot of it also falls on Karim Benzema. Um, he hasn't exactly done much differently than he's done before. He's always created chances for other players. He's great with the ball at his feet. Distribution is amazing. 
Um, he's now also a finisher now that Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't been there for a few seasons or more than a few seasons. Was this well-deserved, Eddie? Do you think there's another player that can make an argument for winning it over Kareem? Or is this an overdue but no lower? Uh, this is a overdue. Uh, like I said, the, the only way someone could have made a case would have been money had, um, had Liverpool won the league and like won the Champions League. Had Liverpool completed the quadruple, then maybe you could say, oh, well, Sadio Mane, like, literally won everything, you know? And, like, say, yeah. he, say he had had the, the winner in the Champions League, then maybe, because he, he would have won all four trophies in England, and he would have won AFCON, and he got his country to the World Cup. Like, literally, it was his penalty, so, you know? Um, but, no, look, the, the reason why um, it's Benzema is 15 Champions League goals, and just the fact that, especially, I know it's been a few seasons, but especially with Ronaldo leaving, I think we all expected Madrid to take a step back. Mm-hmm. But he, along with Modric and Cruz, would have been like, no, we're like, <laughs> still going to be Real yeah, Madrid, and like, it just so happens, more often than not, he's the one completing the chances. And at 34, like, he still looks great. He's still beating himself. So I think it's well-deserved. Uh, and Eddie, uh, uh, two big, two major names, you know, that always come up with the Ballon d'Or, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Messi not nominated at all after his less than memorable first season at PS3. Cristiano Ronaldo voted at number 20 based on this season so far. Next year, is Messi back on the list and Cristiano Ronaldo drops off? Absolutely. Well, okay, I, I don't know about that second part just yet. I think Messi will be back on the list. I think unofficially, Messi came in 83rd, which has to be the, like, the biggest drop from one season to the next. You know? But look, if, if, if Cristiano has a massive World Cup, right? Like, like let's say we get the final that we all want, the like Portugal-Argentina final. And Cristiano has a hat trick, like that's him saying, like, fuck you guys, like, I'm still him. But um, I think your scenario is more likely. Uh, Messi has found his legs at PSG. It's just a question of him staying healthy. So I think Messi will be back on the list for sure. I mean, respectful Ronaldo, I'll say he makes a top 10 finish. All right. Well, I don't think Ronaldo's going to make it next year, but that's just me. But, Eddie, but uh, that... Yeah. Uh, David, before I say goodbye to the people, I just want to mention super quickly that Bayern have closed the gap in Germany in the Bundesliga. They're currently in second behind Union Berlin, but Berlin had a massive win at the weekend to Lille versus Dortmund. So they still hold the lead, but Bayern have gone from like six to knocking right on the door 
So shout out to our German fans. Um, I am keeping an eye on the Bundesliga. It's one of the most interesting leagues in the world, especially with their play in and play out at the end of the season. I think that's massive. Um, but yeah, we need Berlin or like the German Arsenal, like just trying to hold off the giant for as long as they can. So hopefully. All right, they got that four-point cushion. We'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> but David, uh, what I want to say to the people is thank you so, so much. We continue to enjoy doing this. I hope we always do. Um, interact with us on social media. Let us know if, we're, if you think we're right, if you think we're idiots. Um, uh, I would shout out on our socials, but it's easier to just click the link tree. Um, once again, David, congratulations. I know it's massive for you. I hope the Phillies kick your ass, though. Um, but anyway, peoples, have a great day. Yes, and that's from Eddie on my end. You know, same thing. Follow that link tree. Make sure you interact in social media. You join our Fantasy Premier League. It's never too late to compete with us. Um, yeah, this got me an assist last weekend. <laughs> and fuck you. And, um... You know, we, we can do a, uh, not just socials, but you can do us a solid by sharing our pod with a friend, uh, making sure that the word keeps getting spread. Review that boot. That's right. And uh, wasn't expecting as much baseball talk, but remember, as always, ladies and gentlemen, fuck the Dodgers. And from that, y'all have a good night. Thank you very much. Thank you.